Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National and Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are speaking with Lindsay Kurtz and Jared Gonzalez, who are serving this year with the Green Bay Conservation Corps. How are you both doing today? Good, Kyle. It's nice and cold outside, but I'm glad to be inside where it's nice and warm. Yeah, it's getting beautiful out with the snow, so it's a nice time of year to be out doing some invasive species removal. Thank you both just so much for joining us today and sharing about your AmeriCorps service this year. Lindsay and Jared, could you start off by telling us a little about your AmeriCorps service with the Green Bay Conservation Corps? I think this job is definitely a lot more variable than I first anticipated. Uh, We get to do a lot of different things day to day, which is really nice because there's going to be something for everybody on our team, you know, whatever your interest might be in conservation. Some days we're out collecting native seed so that we can do some plantings in the spring. We do a lot of invasive species removal. Right now it's cutting down buckthorn trees at the various parks. We do a lot of mapping and surveying, which is a personal interest of mine. And so, yeah, I think we've just got our hands in a lot of different pies, so to speak. And so it's been really, really cool to get to experience so many things in just the short, gosh, like just over two months, I think that we've started. I have to agree with Lindsay a lot too. It's such a unique program to be a part of. The Green Bay Conservation Corps is the first municipality-based organization through AmeriCorps. So it's so unique to set a foundation for cities moving forward that want to follow our method. I really enjoy cutting down invasive species. You can really see how big a difference it is when you put in a lot of hard work and a lot of hard effort. You can see our native habitat restore itself. My biggest thing that I like to do is I like to fly our drone over our park so we can see all these changes happen with the city. And I hope that we can continue to grow as an organization and we can be the best that we can. That's wonderful. And I think you mentioned coming in from the outside of being cold this morning. So what were you all doing outside this morning? This morning, which we've been doing a lot of, we've been cutting down on buckthorn. There's several different types of buckthorn. The main ones we deal with are common buckthorn and then alder or glossy buckthorn. And so those are two major types of buckthorn that are incredibly invasive. They take over kind of the mid and understory of a lot of forests. And so we are at a lot of these different parks using a lot of hand tools. So we use either loppers or like little hand saws and we go in, we cut them down. We often are hauling these trees through the forest to pile them up and we work at the park system to get them off site. And then we also treat the stumps because they're incredibly hard to get rid of if you've ever worked with buckthorn. And so then we treat them as well. So it's kind of this three-step process. And so we were working today at the wildlife sanctuary where we're based out of. I know buckthorn is an incredibly invasive plant. I've done some service projects also getting it out. It feels wonderful when you watch what you've cleared out. But if you don't treat it, it's going to come right back. So I know that's a huge portion of it, too, is you have to treat it to make sure you're not just doing it all over again. 
Absolutely. Obviously, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have to use herbicide and chemicals, but some of these species are just so pervasive. And Jared and I have seen in the field, like if you cut it down and you don't treat it, I mean, the shoots that come out, it's just, it's unmanageable if you aren't doing anything else. And to try to root them up really doesn't work either. So this is by far the best method and also the most time-oriented method that we have for us in our area. And Lindsay touched a little bit about it on like the time sensitive part about it, but there's a lot of organizations in Green Bay that are working really hard to remove buckthorns from parks. Baird Creek, we just had a volunteer event, I think about four weeks ago, and it had a whole bunch of students come out from UWGB to help remove these invasive species. And a lot of these people didn't really know what buckthorn was and how it was so pervasive to a park. But once they started working to remove all this buckthorn and they saw a big change, they got really energized for it. And then after that event, we hosted our first volunteer event at Redsmith Park, also removed a buckthorn there too. And we spent four hours there and we cleared a large portion of the forest out. And it was just so amazing to see all of our hard work and all the community's hard work. And, you know, moving forward, it's just so heartwarming to see the community's involvement, the invasive species removal and it just is a great experience all in all. And then for those that don't know, what is the real issue with the buckthorn? Why is it that it needs to be taken out? I think there are several reasons. It's been kind of interesting working in this field because I have a strong natural science and ecology background and a design background as well. And so, you know, I kind of had an understanding of invasives and why we need them gone. So from an ecological perspective, they take up a lot of the resources. They can become a monoculture so to speak, and they get so dense that nothing else can regenerate. So you might have a forest now, but once those trees die off, there's not another generation coming up. And so you can literally, you know, choke out your forest with this species. And so there's a lot of understory plants that can't grow. And so you're really kind of decreasing the diversity of your forests. And so ecologically, that's a real big concern. I think there's also like this aesthetics part to it as well. Like when you're walking down the trail and like all you see is buckthorn, it kind of decreases the value personally. I think in our parks, when you've kind of minimized all your trails to just seeing buckthorn everywhere and people don't really get another experience on the trails. But we're also finding out that like for police, when they're doing their routine drive-throughs and everything, buckthorn actually is a real problem with sight lines. And so in the, we, as the Green Bay Conservation Corps, we're with the city of Green Bay and so we only work in city parks. And so, you know, the police are like grow so much that we can't see into any of these parks anymore. And so we've actually been getting calls from them to help them increase sight lines into some of these parks for a public safety perspective as well. It's kind of a multifaceted problem. And the more I work with it, the more I'm like really realizing like we need to get this out of our parks because it has so many benefits and not just from the ecology side, but just for the better health of our parks and just to improve our community, I think. And on top of the invasive species removal, what are some of the other activities you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Sometimes we go seed collecting, and we usually do that throughout all the parks. We've been collecting a coneflower, a lot of grass seed too, and we hope to uh, eventually create more mixes for the parks so that we can spread them in the areas where the buckthorn was removed. So that way we can begin to start to restore native habitats. We also volunteer with uh, the 4K. There's a 4K on site here too. We just introduced them how to remove buckthorn yesterday, and we explained to them why buckthorn is so pervasive and so bad to have in our parks. We usually do a lot of mapping too. We try to get, gather a lot of data 
so that way we can build plans and build projects so that way we have more to do in the future and we have a better understanding of our parks. We also have a lot of job training with different people that are in the parks department so we can see how different departments run so that way we can have better social networks and better connections to other departments moving forward. I think that's my favorite part about the whole thing is seeing how other organizations and other departments run so that way we're not just stuck in our way but we can you know, bridge gaps with other departments. Yeah, I would add to that too. Something else we're also really passionate about is education. And so we're also in the process of doing a lot of background research to start up a big educational series that we're going to do of the history of Green Bay Parks. So that's our first real big education series that we're putting on. And then we're hoping to do several more come spring when most people will be more willing to come outside and uh, spend some time out in the parks and, you know, probably doing a lot of education about bees, pollinators, native plantings, all these kinds of things that, you know, most people are really excited about them. Like Jared was talking about with our Red Smith project, people are excited when they learn about it and they realize like the change that can be made. But a lot of times people don't even realize like, oh, instead of these ornamental plants, I could be putting in pollinators and I could really be making a difference in my community and in the local habitat. And so our goal is to really help educate these people about the options that they have. And so while it's winter time, we have quite a bit of time to do all that research and really plan out those programs that come spring and summer. We're all set to go and we can move forward with those. So is that education component community-wide education effort? I heard them mention about the school as well as was it doing both of them? Is it more on the community side with just the work on the the school on site? So we work at the Bay Beach Wildlife Sanctuary. That's where we're stationed out of. And we do have a 4K here. So it's kind of just an obvious opportunity for us to work with them. And the kiddos are just so excited. They love when they get to see new people and have people visit their classrooms. So they actually, after we had our event yesterday, were like, wow, we really want you guys to be here every week. You know, we'd love to have you guys involved. And so we just started that up. But a lot of these other education events we're really hoping to do for the whole community and have you know, and open to anybody in the Green Bay area who is interested in these topics and really wants to learn more. I would, uh, I would add to that since we're working with a lot of different community organizations. There's a lot of different viewpoints of how the city should be ran. And it, it's interesting to hear different people's points of view of how they want the city to run. And by hearing these viewpoints, we're able to better create programs so that way everybody gets what they want in the community and moving forward. It's very awesome to work with different people, even though you might not always agree with what they want, but you're able to see how different things are ran. And I think that community engagement is such a big part for the program. And you mentioned doing a large project about a month ago. Was that the project you did for Make a Difference Day? Yeah, we did an event at Red Smith Park for our Make a Difference Day. We served probably four hours on a Saturday. We moved Buckthorn and Honeysuckle along a stripper park. And we had a great turnout. We had our mayor come out. We had an elder woman come out too. And we had probably about 25 to 30 people come out. We had our coffee shop, Glass, come out and sponsor the Make a Difference Day. Kavana did a little bit of food here and we got a quick trip gift card so we were able to buy like donuts for our group we had an hour social afterwards so that way everybody could meet the crew more in depth that's great and i love you're talking about all the things you're planning for the future because there is so much that is brand new and so much that the program is going to be able to do this year and then into the future as you're 
just taking on all the different parts through the entire park system in Green Bay. And then, Jared, a little bit ago, you mentioned flying the drone. So what are you using the drone for? So I'm taking uh, aerial photography to kind of gather like data for map making to see uh, how habitats change over time after the invasive species are removed to see uh, other ecosystems. So there's a lot of buckthorn that are in the wetlands. If I'm able to map that from an aerial perspective, we can say that, hey, we're in a wetland right now. We can't use this kind of chemical just to uh, kind of get more of a base map and a base understanding of the parks from an aerial perspective. A drone's uh, basically an expensive tool, but it's very useful to have for a park system when it comes to operating on uh, huge swaths of land. I really enjoy seeing things from an aerial perspective. It's a lot different being in the air than uh, being on the ground. Uh, You can see more, you can do more, you can make better plans. And it's been really helpful since. I know it's been used for some promotional events like the Make a Difference Day. Some of the pictures are being used for social media content. It also has opened up a lot of doors for me for other people in the department and for like city developers. I just recently took a lot of pictures of downtown Green Bay to see how Green Bay has changed over the future. And moving forward, I'm going to be working with LIDAR with our city developer and some other people in the city to develop more of the city. So it's a really awesome experience and it's a really big gateway to new things. That's great. They're able to use it to assess all those pieces and also to gain those additional skills and connections with other parts of the city. And the program can really work and collaborate with the other parts of the city government as a whole. And you said you're also using it for the promotional side. So is that a role that you as the members are taking on doing some of the promotional work on the program? So everybody has their own little niche. I know Lindsay's really good at mapping. She's been making GIS maps. I really like doing social media and outreach. So I've been making our TikTok. You should give us a follow at GB Conservation Core on TikTok. Uh, Instagram, it's going to be GB Conservation Core. And then uh, Facebook, it's going to be the Green Bay Conservation Core. That's definitely the way of the future for promotional moving forward, I believe. We're just starting to do Trivia Tuesday about our parks on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. So go on there. If you get enough stuff right, we'll give you a shout out and hopefully you learn a little bit about our parks department. Could we, could we give a special shout out? We have two animals here. We have a rabbit here. Her name is Augie or Augusta. And then we have a tortoise, uh, an African tortoise. His name is Sparky or Spartacus. They basically keep us sane as it gets colder and darker. We love them so much. They're part of our family. And if, if we could take them on the field with us, I know we, def- we definitely would. You can also learn more about them. So on our Facebook page, we do a member Monday. Every Monday, you can hear about a new member. But once we're finished with the members, we will have Meet the Mascot Monday. And so if everyone wants to learn more about our bunny Augie or Sparky or Tortoise, we'll be having a fun little post with some of their likes, their dislikes, their favorite food and where they came from. So be sure to watch out for those on the Green Bay Conservation Corps Facebook page. That's great. That's such a wonderful way to encourage people to get involved and be able to use that connection. It's just another tool to get people connected and get them active. I would add to that too. I think a lot of us have our own like circles of influence. And so I do know that we've had a lot of really cool conversations just while we're working in the parks. Taylor, one of our other members, did a lot of work for our first event to get donors and sponsors for food and drink 
at our Make a Difference Day event. And I think that's really gotten our name out there in the community just by having conversations and just by putting up posters and all these other little things that, you know, don't seem that significant in the moment. But because we are a new program, a lot of people don't know we exist yet. And so it's been really cool to kind of get to talk to people and see how excited some people who know Buckthorn is. And so they'll walk by on the trail while we're out there working in the park and they'll be like, yeah, get that Buckthorn. (laughs) And so those have just been really cool interactions. And I think, you know, as more people see us out in the parks, they'll start to talk about it and be like, wow, you know, we have a group of young people that are out there that really care about the community and really care about making our parks healthier. And they'll start to tell their friends. And, you know, because we are out in public parks, which I think is a bit of a unique position as compared to like some other conservation programs that tend to be in more remote or less used areas. And so we do get a lot of that promotion that way. And so, yeah, it's just been really cool to get to connect with the community in that way and, you know, get to, like Jared was saying, get to hear what they think and get some ideas from them as well. And then Jared was saying that one of your strengths you're bringing to the table is the GIS mapping. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? GIS stands for Geographic Information Systems. It's basically like digital mapping. But I have an undergraduate in environmental geography, which is where I kind of first got introduced to it. And then when I was working on my master's degree, I taught collegiate level GIS classes for the geography department. And so, you know, I kind of had this accumulated experience and I really wanted to keep using it when I joined the program. So I've kind of been the one setting up. We have these apps that we use to collect our geospatial data. And so I'm the one that sets those all up, make sure everything's working. I've also been downloading our GPS data. I edit it and we were talking about earlier, you know, the editing process is so much longer than just collecting the data. And so I really make sure that data is in a readable format and getting maps set up both for our work, but also for the promotional side. And so I'm in the process of working on getting some digital maps up there and some other spatial science oriented products that can help us interact with the public and also help increase that transparency so that the public can see what work we're doing, where we're doing that work, and they can kind of follow along with us as we go through this year and, you know, as the program continues. And so, yeah, it's kind of a two-part goal of helping us understand spatially where we're at and what work we've done. And then I also want to create products that people can interact with and can more readily understand what we've been up to as a crew. It's wonderful. And then... Lindsay, a second ago, you mentioned some of your background you had before we came to the program. So one question I have for both of you is, why did you decide to serve as an AmeriCorps member this year with the Green Bay Conservation Corps? What was it that brought you this year to your AmeriCorps service to the program? I can go first. After graduating college, I graduated from the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point. I was working corrections, and I really didn't enjoy that line of work. So I set out on a thru-hike across the Ice Age Trail, which is 1,200 miles long. It's only in the state of Wisconsin. And along the way, I met a lot of people that were in AmeriCorps, and I saw a lot of projects that WISCOR did, bridge building and boardwalking. So by hearing a lot of people talk really highly about AmeriCorps and seeing all the hard work WISCOR did, I really wanted to give back to my community. So when I got back, I started to apply for a lot of AmeriCorps jobs. And I ended up settling in Green Bay, and I've been having the best uh, time working here since then. And I'm 
it's really truly an awesome experience. I never work behind a desk and I come to work really happy and I leave really happy. And, you know, I think it's the best thing that has happened to me ever. Even though days are long and there's a lot of hard work, it's just the best and it's really fulfilling to give back to the community. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm originally from Shawano, Wisconsin, which is actually just 40-ish minutes north of Green Bay. I actually did come down to Green Bay a lot growing up. Obviously, I've been a lifelong Packer fan and I grew up in the area. And so I've made a couple trips down here, but, you know, really didn't know a ton about Green Bay. I went to University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire, finished my undergraduate degree there. And then the last three years, I was out in Oregon at the University of Oregon getting my master's in landscape architecture. That was during covid and I was writing a thesis. And so it's a lot of desk work, a lot of computer work. And so I was really looking for a change after that. I knew I needed to get outside or just have something different. And because all my family's from here and I had some familial obligations, I moved back home and then looking for jobs, came across the Conservation Corps. I had only heard of AmeriCorps in passing a couple of times. I had a couple of high school friends who did AmeriCorps, but it was the disaster relief type of AmeriCorps program. And so I really didn't know a ton about like these other areas of AmeriCorps. And so I found the program, did my research and thought this is a really cool experience. And, you know, I I don't think I was necessarily ready to jump into a full-time design career quite yet. It felt like I didn't have a lot of the on the ground experience and what it actually looks like to do habitat restoration and what does this work look like, not just what the delegation side of it looks like when you're doing the planning process. And so, yeah, I looked it up, did my research and then, you know, thought this would be a really cool opportunity. And as I've been working, I've been realizing how much of a direct community impact there is. And it, I've really enjoyed talking with people in the community and getting to meet the other people in the city who are supporting us and some people really didn't know what we were doing or maybe weren't necessarily on board with our program and just seeing them also come to support us. And so for me, I think now it's definitely still about getting that experience and getting to see what this work looks like. But I think it's also now I really do feel connected to the Green Bay community and I'm really also enjoying that aspect of it, of getting to connect and getting to serve the community for the rest of this year. That's wonderful. Thank you both so much for serving this year. And I know that you're only a few months into your service, but do you have some favorite memories or some stories you could share from your service so far? When I was an undergrad, I did a really cool program in the geography department. One of the things we talked about in this program was the difference between space and place. And so really it's about bases anywhere. It really can be anywhere. And it's, it's just this area that just exists, but place has a lot of these personal connections. It's somewhere where, you know, people have a connection to it or it has a history to it. It has meaning. And I think through this program, just like being out with the other five members, I think definitely adds to this. So I'm I'm never working alone. And, you know, each day when we're out doing work, now it's not just the wildlife sanctuary or it's not just Colburn Park, but now I have these memories and these experiences connected to these parks. And I, I just love that I'm getting to really feel connected to the community and getting to just see these places in a different light seeing all these cool little things like seeing little rabbit holes or fox dens or going back to a park and I'm like oh yeah that's where Francis took a tumble on the boardwalk and you just have these like funny memories you recall when you're back there and you know I think it's just been really fun to just get to see these parks and get to really feel connected to them and do it with a really cool group of people. 
That's wonderful. I think my favorite thing is, I didn't mention it before, but my family lives in Green Bay. My mom is from Ashwaubenon and my uncle lives in Ashwaubenon still. My cousin lives in Green Bay. My cousin had like a really troubled youth growing up. So he had such a negative view of Green Bay and he kind of would tell me about it. So I began to have a more negative view of Green Bay. Really from working in the park, it's like what Lindsay said, there's space and place. There's a lot of memories. There's a lot of great feelings I have in Green Bay. And by able to build such positive memories, I can have such a different outlook on Green Bay. And I have such a higher outlook on the staff, the, you know, the police department, the fire department, the everyday Joes that make the city great and such an amazing place to be. Now that I've been working here for two months, I don't have these negative feelings. I, I love the city. I really do see myself putting some roots down in this community after my term of service is done. And, you know, I, I would love to raise a family here and I would love to continue passing down the generation of positive feelings to another generation and another generation. And and I believe that's truly possible from our mission and by working really hard in the parks and making memorable experiences. And I love, I love my crew. You know, everybody has their own thing. And everybody has such an amazing personality. And because of these amazing personalities, we're able to get a lot done and we're able to have a lot of laughs doing it. Since there is over half of your service year left, what are some things you're looking forward to over this next year, particularly maybe as you get into the spring and summer when the seasons are going to change up a little bit? I think for me, I'm really excited to get into the native planting and get into some of our other springtime activities. So native planting is one of the big ones I'm interested in from a design perspective. We're doing a lot of biofilters and native plant beds, helping with a food forest that's getting started here in Green Bay. And so just from my personal interests, I'm really looking forward to that. Also, I think it's going to be really cool to not only spread the native seed that we collected, but then get to see it sprout and grow because it takes a lot of work to collect that seed and we're spending many hours getting it. And so just kind of getting to see the fruits of your labor is always a really cool thing. I'm also really excited. We're hopefully going to get 15 short-term AmeriCorps members for the summer season because there will be so much work to do when all the plants are growing. So I'm just really excited to see who we get on our crew in the summer and getting to see what that's like to work in a larger crew as well. And also the more people you have, the more work you're going to get done. And so I think it will be really cool to see, you know, after the six of us have worked together and, you know, you get a lot done, but then all of a sudden we have 15 more people. And then I think it'll just be really cool to see how much this crew will be able to accomplish that many people. I think for me, it's uh, to see the community grow more through the parks and through all of our hard work. And we, I've already seen it with uh, multiple different events and by connecting with uh, local businesses for volunteer events. By doing all these things, I'm able to network more than I've ever had before. So I'm really interested to learn who I'm going to run into and meet when I'm in the field and when I'm at different community events. But really, I'm really excited to you know continue to work hard and to make a big difference and to get things done. And like Lindsay said, I'm, I'm super excited to get 15 more so that way we can work harder, we can get more done, we can get more things done in the park so that way we can make our community a lot happier. That's wonderful. And then Lindsay mentioned a minute ago, knowing some people that did some AmeriCorps service with disaster relief. And I know that we in Wisconsin are starting off our 2022-2023 Wisconsin AmeriCorps disaster team with a kickoff call tomorrow. And I know both of you have signed up to help participate in that. So what made you decide to sign up to participate and learn about the disaster relief team? I did it because you can't say no to an opportunity. And I really want to 
just get as much as I can out of this program. Yeah, I think for me, so that friend of mine that went and did disaster, I think he was down in New Orleans. I, you know, he posted a lot about it. And obviously you can follow these AmeriCorps groups and a lot of them do provide updates. And I just remember seeing that and just seeing how big of an impact that the group was able to have on these people who really needed help. And I think in those moments when you know, certain disasters strike, people are really vulnerable. And especially people who, you know, might be economically challenged or whatever it may be, that's making it difficult for those people to deal with that disaster. I think it's really incredible that AmeriCorps has relief teams that are able to go in and provide that really critical service. And yeah, so I just thought it'd be a really cool addition to, you know, I'm already committed to a year of service and it just kind of made sense to do that as well. And just kind of, you know, being someone who's still in my mid-ish 20s who I don't have a lot of roots put down yet. And so I just feel like I do have the time and the freedom to be able to do that type of service and be able to respond if called. So thank you both for doing that. I know that in the past, We've had members helping with some flood relief issues in some of the southwestern parts of the state. And I remember being up in Ocano County back in the fall of 2019 after some really severe winds and storms came down and just all the crews coming in and helping clear out brush and help revitalize a lot of the trails that people wouldn't be able to access throughout that entire winter if they weren't cleared out. Jared and Lindsay, what plans do you have for after your AmeriCorps term? this year. I have like a few different roads that I want to go down. I, I would really love to get hired onto the city to do like park maintenance all full time. If that doesn't work out, I'm trying to go back to school. I just put in my master's school application for UW-Madison for wildlife ecology and conservation. So I would, I'd love to go back to school if the city doesn't work out. And then, you know, if all two of those things don't work out, I want to be a triple crown. So I want to hike the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest. And I always blank. I think it's like the Northeast Trail. So I would love to get back onto like the national trails if, you know, nothing works out and probably take a year or two to do that and then kind of refocus myself and recharge and then I'd probably get back to AmeriCorps if nothing else came along the way. I think for me, I've definitely had my fill of school for quite a while. My last degree was quite challenging. I think I'm still pretty open, honestly, to what it looks like after this year of service. I think it's definitely been helpful to be, you know, even the short time I've been on this program, just to kind of see what this work looks like day to day and get a better feel for what a job in this field would look like. I do think I'm still interested in pursuing a design career in a design firm doing landscape architecture type work. I've always had an interest in habitat restoration and conservation. And so I'm definitely excited with this experience that I'm getting, that I am getting a better idea of what that looks like and a better idea of what that looks like in Wisconsin since I did do my degree out of state. So I think I'm open, but definitely potentially going to look at some design firms in the area and see what it would look like to take this AmeriCorps experience and be able to apply it to design work, which would be, you know, quite a different experience compared to getting to go outside all day and just kind of doing more of the manual labor side of things. That's great. And I hope both of you are able to use all the experience you gain over this year to launch into that next step. And hopefully this AmeriCorps service will really help you gain some of the skills and connections that can help you long into the future. And then Lindsay and Jared, we just want to say Thank you so very much for joining us today and sharing all about your AmeriCorps service this year with the Green Bay Conservation Corps. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And good luck with the rest of your service here. Look forward to seeing all of the tremendous work that you get done during the inaugural year of the program. And then good luck into the future. 
And then thank you again to Lindsay and Jared for sharing about their AmeriCorps service with the Green Bay Conservation Corps and giving us another story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. Your producer is Serve Wisconsin intern, Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S in S-File stands for service. And you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.